unscripted, unbound, unconditional. Welcome to the Well Unfiltered. I'm Mindy. I'm Nicole. And we are the hosts of the Well Unfiltered podcast. Where each episode you'll hear unscripted faith stories that will make you think. Unbound life lessons that will crack you up. I'm talking adjust your waistband laughter. But most of all, unconditional grace and love that will help you connect to God and to other women. Welcome to the Well Unfiltered. Well, welcome back to The Well Unfiltered. My name is Mindy. And I'm Nicole. And we're so glad that you're here with us as we continue our series on relationships. Mm -hmm. Today, we're going to talk about intergenerational relationships. P.S. That is hard to say (laughs) multiple times fast. Don't try it. Intergenerational. I hope you're trying it as you're listening. (laughs) Uh, But before we dive into our conversation, we want to remind you to follow us on social media. We have all the social media things. Mm -hmm. We would love to interact with you there um, to hear how the things that we talk about are impacting you and your faith and your relationships. Um, We also want to give a big shout out to David, who is our videographer, producer extraordinaire. (laughs) And I just want you all to know, today he brought signs that tell us (laughs) You need to stop talking. You have gone too long. So we're going to see if it works. Yes. I'm glad you're on this journey with us. <laughs> but to yes, David. To David. Cheers. Um, but today we are talking about intergenerational relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a funny topic for us to talk about because Nicole and I, we are not intergenerational. We are no. One a year generation. Apart. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mid thirties. Yes. Solidly in that moment. Um, but what we found is that these relationships with people who are not in the exact life stage as us can be so nurturing. Mm-hmm. They can also maybe be a little bit hard to yeah. cultivate or find mm-hmm. just in the world. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about these relationships. Um, Nicole, you know, what is an intergenerational relationship that really is hard to say um, <laughs> that you've had that has really you know blessed you mm. has brought a lot of joy to your life? Well, I'm actually gonna combine I think maybe two of our relationships the intergenerational see that diction yeah it was good and the seasonal because it wasn't one that lasted forever okay see this we is, are so we're of the same generation yes, maybe this is we why are. this came up. <laughs> Um, But actually, when I was in, I think, third or fourth grade, I think it was my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Mendinueto, who um, entered me in a pageant (laughs) without telling me. Do we have photos? (laughs) Oh, yes, we do. Okay, we will add those, maybe. And I don't know how many, (laughs) like, mid-80s babies there are that grew up and wore the ki- my mother called them jogging suits the kind that would like make oh, noise they oh yes and they had, like the zipper and the color yes. box there was an athlete there was a i love america through leisure wear section and i definitely had a red white and blue jogging suit and a pose like this <laughs> like it was yeah, pure did. 90s but i digress <laughs> how did i get there in that jogging suit uh, i was newer to the school and Mrs. Mendinueta was my homeroom teacher. And I remember she told me, I've entered you in this because I think that you have the ability to stand up in front of people and command attention. And I was like, what? <laughs> and it was, I think that's where I discovered the power of 
someone who's older than you of a diff or just of a different generation speaking something into you their words carry weight mm -hmm. that sometimes you don't always feel when you're experiencing something at the same time and she saw something and called something out in me that i don't think i had yet fully discovered embraced or articulated on my own and so this was, and then just kind of kept up with me throughout middle school. And every time, I remember, you know, this is, seems so ridiculous now, being in the school spelling bee and Mrs. Mendinueto like writing me out uh, these cards to memorize in her like perfect handwriting. And like, she just, these little kind of spots along the way of investing in my gifts and making me recognize them. And that was just such a, a blessing to me at a really young age. And now I feel like I command all the attention. <laughs> and it was. She spoke it into existence. She did. <laughs> and there are some horrible pictures that go along with that. There's also a repurposed bridesmaids dress of my sister that I wore during the formal wear section. I mean, there's a lot <laughs> that went uh -huh. into that experience. But I think I discovered the power of other people speaking into you and how that can help shape your perspective of yourself. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you had, and I mean now Mrs. Mendinueto and I are not best friends, so if you're out there, Mrs. Mendinueto. Oh, I hope you're listening. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> She's following us. What about you? What, yeah. what was that relationship for you? Yeah, so I think of someone at my church in Pasadena, Jamie, mm, okay. and she really was one of the first people that I connected with at mm. that church. And it was kind of funny how we connected because a little bit about my stories. I had moved from Chicago. I mean, I did a pit stop in Indy to get married, as you do. <laughs> and then, I mean, I knew my husband. It wasn't like this situation sounds really weird all of a sudden. Yes, yes. Um, but then we moved to California and, you know, knew no one. I started entering this church. Um, it was this whole thing. But the reason I mentioned Chicago is because I had done this Christian community development work while I was there. And there was a conference that I wanted to go to. Okay. And I found out through the church, oh, well, Jamie's the head of, at the time, it was like the Peace and Justice Committee. Mm. She wants to go too. So I really met her like before we got on a cross-country flight mm. together. And she became just one of the biggest like supporters, encouragers, advocates for me as I was really stepping into this ministry journey, mm -hmm. you know, navigating the first few years of marriage mm -hmm. um, while in seminary and then graduating seminary and getting pregnant. She was a pediatrician. So she like just took me under her wing mm -hmm. and made sure that I was, you know, safe and supported. Like she really kind of stepped into that mom role when we were so far okay. from everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think about the way that she was also able to see things in me that I could not always see. Mm -hmm. I remember she, you know, as I was getting ready to leave to actually come here to Indy, she just like spoke these words over me about my ministry and my pastoring and my gifts. Mm -hmm. And it's just something that I think sticks with me in a really deep way and it, it was funny like thinking about who were my closest friends out there and there were you know like a circle of like young moms and mm -hmm. seminary students but then there was this 60 year old woman mm -hmm. who was just one of my go-to people you know oh do you yeah. want to go get lunch you want to go get coffee take a walk I mean she was just so safe and a really soft place to land in yeah. 
a season that just had a lot of transitions, mm-hmm. like big life transitions. Yeah. That's interesting because when you talk about this relationship and her being 60 and you probably in your 20s. Yeah, early 20s even. I think about, you know, Mrs. Mendenuedo, a 50-year-old Filipino woman mm-hmm. and how she probably did not have a lot in common with like a fourth grader. (laughs) And I think that that's one of the other gifts of intergenerational relationships is that it's actually the difference that can be such a blessing. Whether it's a a totally different life experience or different life stage that can be such a blessing for you on the receiving end Mm -hmm. of those. I feel like it has always put things into perspective Mm -hmm. for me. Especially, it, and you know, this went on had been true for your teacher <laughs> because you were a child. Yes. But now I wonder, you know, as you have children mm-hmm. and we are, again, both, I mean, our kids are the same age. We're mm-hmm. both in the middle of all of it. What I love about my intergenerational relationships now is that these women either have like their kids are, you know, about to graduate high school or they're married, they're blown away right and they just put so much into perspective like I know you think it's hard I know you're tired but look I'm fresh and glowing you will be too someday (laughs) not today not today but someday (laughs) and so it always I don't know I just always joke with them like okay you're showing me that you know each phase has a gift Mm -hmm. and that there's like more to come So then would that be what you identify as the biggest difference between intergenerational and peer relationships then? Or do you see other differences? Yeah, I think that probably is one of the biggest ones. I also feel like it's easier to schedule with my intergenerational (laughs) friends. Like You've got the bandwidth. I know, they do, they do. And it is a blessing to me. Um, But I think also, I'm trying to think how to put this. Like, when I think about some of those people in my life right now, Mm -hmm. I feel like they have this beautiful gift of being able to empathize and also say, and. Mm -hmm. Like, they always stretch me a little bit. Like, I remember I said something to one of my friends, and I was in, like, kind of a a mood and a little bit defeatist. And she was like, yeah, you're too young to be thinking that way. I'm not going to let you be stuck like that Mm -hmm. in that mindset. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, wow, I... I don't know if someone who's in my exact same place would have been able to say that to yeah. me in the same way. Yeah. And it, it just mm-hmm. like encouraged and inspired me and did kind of like kick me a little bit like, okay, yeah. you can you can keep going. You're gonna be fine. Yeah. I, I think that's so true because with I think of my own peer relationships now, and there's that saying about you can only lead others based on your own level of leadership. And so there, there can sometimes be a leadership cap based mm-hmm. on where you've progressed in your own leadership. And I think it can be similar with kind of age and wisdom and experience that your peers can provide a perspective because they're on this journey with you. But intergenerational relationships offer that hindsight, which is always 2020. Yes. And then I, I guess, too, one of my biggest blessings um, in terms of intergenerational relationships, she always says, well, I've, I've made that mistake already, so let me save you some time. <laughs> and I love that saying. And that's one of the biggest blessings for me, that there's, there's this not only I'm going to share my 
experience or offer a different perspective, but a willingness to say, I'm going to share my failure. So maybe you don't have to experience that in quite the same way. Yes. And sometimes your peers can offer you that, but you're you're both mutually failing at the right. same time. You're like, we're just going down together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's different. And I, I guess as I think about that, there's one other intergeneral, intergenerational. I really, that should be a challenge. It like should. you right now where you're sitting, I want you to say that eight times and then see if you believe in yourself. Because I'm, I'm like slowly <laughs> losing confidence in my ability to speak. But I'm thinking of this woman um, named Constance Days in Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the biggest challenges I felt as a young pastor was just respectability politics, how you were supposed to look mm-hmm. as you were leading. I, I've had so many people say to me, oh, you're, you don't look like a pastor. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. What, what should like, I look like? It's not my problem you didn't realize Beyonce could be a pastor. Like, I'm, I'm trying to expand your, your vision. <laughs> And so, but I really didn't feel that way early in my ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I wore like flesh-toned stockings. Oh, oh yes, it was. I was known to have slips. <laughs> like, oh, it, I still have slips sometimes. Oh, Cling is I, real. <laughs> <laughs> well, this these were not. These were just not cute. Okay, like it was. Ju- these were these were all kind of hangovers from. This is what a female pastor looks like. Mm-hmm. And I remember Mrs. Days, there was a revival at her church. I had preached the nice night before and passed out. That's another story. <laughs> and then Javon was preaching the next night. And I'm sitting next to her. And she's wearing this, like, dress that's to her knees. And she has no stockings and, like, tights on. Or not tights on, sandals on. Like, legs on full display. I said, mm-hmm oh, you're not wearing stockings. She's like, well, I like my legs too much. And I was like, what? We can do that? I, I didn't. She just kind of blew up the limitations that I had placed on women in ministry. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is also one of those gifts because they've lived longer and they've realized what risks are worth taking. It can inspire you to take those risks earlier and to live a less kind of limited life. And I would still be wearing those uncomfortable stockings right now. Like, were it not for somebody saying, no, you don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. You can make a different choice if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else I think is, has been a cool gift from these relationships that we don't often talk about Mm -hmm. is when our, our, our relationships that have gone before us look back to us for Mm. wisdom okay so I think sometimes when we talk about these relationships we get into this like mentor mentee kind of thing and we've talked a little bit about Mm -hmm. that on this podcast before but when I found that these relationships really take root for me it's when it's more mutual Mm. and I think there's something really affirming about that yeah because you're like oh wait I have something to give to you and you have something to give to me right and that's a really cool gift. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know that we often think about that with yeah. our intergenerational relationships. So if you're like in your 20s, you have something to offer. I guess mm-hmm. I want to say that because it can be easy for mm-hmm. us. And I know for me even, now I feel like I'm in this weird like middle space in my <laughs> career. And I'm like, oh, there are younger people than me. Like yes. I'm, I'm aging out of <laughs> young adulthood. That's a different episode <laughs> that we're not going to cover today. <laughs> but I know that I have felt like, well, if I 
show up to this space, I can only show up as a receiver. Mm -hmm. But I guess I want to encourage, like, no matter where you are on that spectrum of age or experience, you have something to offer. And I think all of us benefit from being in those intergenerational spaces. I mean, I even thinking about that, that reminds me again of Mrs. Days, who then invited me to be the keynote speaker at this big women's conference she did. Mm. And I thought, oh, so she's not only giving me permission to imagine that ministry may look different, but she's also giving me opportunity and recognizing that I have something to give to her and to give to this ministry as well. And I think you're so right we can limit the blessing of those intergenerational relationships when we hold them in a box. Mm-hmm. You're the teacher, I'm the student, as opposed to we have something to learn and receive from one another mm-hmm. in mutuality. But I, I do think that I, what I hear from a lot of women especially is that they don't have these relationships. Yes, yes. And so I wonder if maybe you've thought about what what keeps them from developing or what makes them challenging? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm going to answer this in a different way, which is like, where have I found these relationships? Okay. And not to sound like the most typical pastor, <laughs> but it really has been at church. Mm-hmm. Like that is where I have gotten to connect with people in totally different life stages. Mm-hmm. And when I look at my life outside of the church, it is pretty like uh, segmented like yeah. my actually Hazel our daughter told me the other day she's like you're a lot younger than most of my friends parents because we had kids really really <laughs> and so I'm like oh I didn't realize that but for the most part <laughs> like it's we're all kind of in the same life stage mm-hmm. so it's really easy to get consumed with that and that's one yeah. thing I love about the church is that it brings all of these different people together and you just kind of have to figure it out yeah. um, but I think if you're not involved with a church or some other kind of organization like that, Mm -hmm. it can be really hard to figure out how to make those connections. Yeah. I think I I do agree that the church can be that, that place where those relationships can be fostered. But I think that layered on top of that sometimes is some of our own fear of judgment. Yes. And so I think what keeps us from fostering these kinds of relationships, and then what makes them even more, I think, potentially radioactive in a church setting, is that sometimes when someone older maybe offers advice um, and you're in a church setting, a lot of people can receive that Mm -hmm. as judgment. And so I think that one of the, it's not just this idea of being in church, that sticks out for me in terms of where it happens, but what you're doing in church that helps to foster that. And so, you know, I know that you are very passionate about small groups, (laughs) but I think about how of all the intergenerational relationships I've fostered in church, they were almost always either in some smaller working committee Mm -hmm. for a program or an event or Bible study that was small enough where those layers of you're older, I'm younger, or vice versa um, could be broken down Mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah, and I think we have to work on our assumptions Mm -hmm. about each other. Yeah, I mean, I think about the phrase, okay, boomer. Oh, (laughs) And like, it just, it's so 
that stuff is so unhelpful. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we just could maybe have honest conversations about like our generational differences and and like the gifts that we bring and the things that we have to learn, I think we would get a lot further with yeah. each other than just putting up sort of this wall of assumptions like, oh, I know about you because you, you know, come from this generation right. and blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, it's funny because some of the most, I think some of the most progressive people here at St. Luke's are are older mm-hmm. and like amaze me with the work that they've done. I mean, mm-hmm. we just went on this trip to Montgomery, Alabama back in April and some of the people on that trip actually did things in the civil rights movement. Right. And I'm just looking at them and I'm I'm in awe of them. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I've I've made a Facebook post. Like mm-hmm. I I mean, it's just there's so much um, goodness and richness there that mm-hmm. I think we can miss if we just decide, well, I'm probably not gonna connect with you. Yeah. And and so that has been the blessing to me. Right. I think that assumptions thing is is key and I think there's also the humility on the other side of it that you may not know everything that is my like saying to all of my children who (laughs) and and not just people that are younger but also people that are older Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other the other piece that I would throw out there is just that especially for older folks and I and I mean this as I even relate to girls my daughter's age to remember what I could receive at a certain stage in my life. And because I want to give her (laughs) like all of the reasons why she should do something a particular way. But at nine, what could I actually receive? Or at 29, what could I actually receive? And sometimes it is just uh, that kind word or planted seed as opposed to the fire hose of information that we want to share that we could not have received at that particular stage of oh, our lives. You're like really talking to me as a parent right now. <laughs> like it's that idea of letting our kids make their own mistakes. Oh. Or even, oh. I mean, like being in relationship with people who are younger, you know, letting I think there is a beauty in saying, hey, I made that mistake. Let me save you some time. Mm -hmm. But then the other side of that coin is because I made that mistake, I have learned and I've grown. Mm -hmm. And and it's hard to let people you care about do that. Yeah. Whether it's your parent or, or, I mean, you're the parent or it's your sibling or just a friend. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, is this where we worked in Umble for this episode? Yes. Okay. Thank I you just for that. really want to make sure. <laughs> if you are a hardcore, well unfiltered listener, then you know our relationship with the word humble or humble. And if you don't, then you should listen you to all go of back. the other episodes. Yeah. Absolutely. Just, yeah, start with the season. I don't know why it's a thing. But it is. <laughs> and speaking of looking back, David, I looked back and he yes. gave us that 20 minute sign. He did. I think five minutes ago. Yeah. So I wonder if we might come close to a close with some thought around the scripture that shapes our idea of intergenerational relationships. Yeah. What, what, what grounds you scripturally? I mean, I feel like this is so cliche to say this. It's killing me a little. <laughs> um, but I do think about Paul and Timothy. Hmm. And what I like about that intergenerational relationship is mm-hmm. that, you know, you've got Paul and Paul is sort of this, like, father to all these churches and has mm-hmm. all this 
I think we could say wisdom. I know, Paul is complicated. <laughs> but we'll just say, like, all this wisdom for these mm-hmm. churches. But then here's Timothy. And it's like, Timothy, you're young, but you've got work to do. Mm-hmm. And you can learn from me, but then you kind of got to get to it. And don't let people tell you you can't do it because you haven't done all of these things and right. hit all these milestones. Right. And that's what I really love about that relationship is that, you know, this is a guy who's pretty preachy. Mm-hmm. But he's looking at Timothy saying, you don't actually have to, like, have had all the experiences mm-hmm. I have. Just go faithfully do your work. Yeah. I think that's a great example. See, that wasn't cliche. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. See, I I was originally thinking of Naomi and Ruth. Uh-huh. And then I actually felt more drawn to Adam and God's conversation or really maybe God's conversation about Adam. That's an, okay, I want to hear more about this because I would not have thought of this one. And the kind of declaration that, um, depending on your translation, man is not, it's not good for man to be alone mm-hmm. or it's not good for this man to be alone. And I think we've limited that sometimes to marital relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have been challenged over the last several years to really think about that in a more expansive way and that it's not good for us to be alone, period. Right. And that there is a connectedness and wisdom that we don't experience if we're only connected to people within our same generation. And so then we can be alone and isolated in our own worldview. But in that intergenerational piece, we have access to the Pauls or the Timothys that then inform us if we're Paul. And we're no longer alone in our own isolated perspective. And, you know, that's why I know things about TikTok because I'm in relationship with a nine year old. <laughs> like, I know things about crocheting because I have an intergenerational relationship with someone who's 90. Like, there's. There's just things I wouldn't know, and I would be alone in my own worldview without them. And so I wonder, um, as you're you know, listening out there, kind of what are the scriptures that shape your intergenerational experience? Um, maybe they are also from unexpected places in scripture, or maybe from an expected place, but with a new uh, way of looking at mm-hmm. it. Um, and we're just looking for an excuse to be an intergenerational relationship with you. So find yes. us and share that. Um, <laughs> but before David kills us, Mindy, what's filling your well? Yes. Okay, if I think about what's filling my well through this lens of yes. intergenerational relationships, I would actually say my relationship with my daughter, who mm. will be nine in August, mm-hmm. um, and it's just so fun right Mm. now so she's about to have her last day of school when we're recording this and she said mom after you know this week once I'm done with school can we go get our nails done and then go out to dinner and get ice cream (laughs) I was like well yeah let's do it and I suggested a couple restaurants and one of them she goes oh that just sounds like my kind of place I mean she just has these expressions (laughs) like she I don't know I'm just really delighting in the human that she's becoming. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're moving away from just like, 
when you're a parent, there's this space where it just feels like you're they're a pinball and you're just guiding them away from like getting right. wounded. And I feel like we're <laughs> literally like and literally, literally yes, yes, all of it. And I feel like we're so we're done with that phase. And mm-hmm. now it's more like, oh, who are you as a person and how can I help shape you to mm-hmm. think and feel and experience things? And mm-hmm. it's just fun. I like talking to her. Mm-hmm. And so that that really is filling my well right now. What about yeah. you? I would say my ministry coach, um, Juanita Rasmus, our conversations have been filling my well. She's probably, she has daughters that are close to my age. And so I think she's around my mom's age in her 60s and she is she asks questions that I don't dare to ask myself and Mm -hmm. then waits for me to answer them and then when I answer them reminds me what I answered when I forget and it is I mean I know I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now, I wouldn't be preparing for a new role were it not for our relationship and some of the questions that she's asked me. Um, it's been an incredible gift and it has been filling my well. Yeah. Well, we hope that there are people in your life who are filling your well in a similar way, whether mm-hmm. they are younger than you or older than you, you know, if this is a relationship you haven't cultivated, maybe that's your invitation Mm -hmm. from this episode is to look around you and where are those people that already exist in your life or what are maybe the spaces that you could enter where you could find those intergenerational relationships. So thanks for being with us on this episode of The Well. We're not going to say intergenerational probably for a hot minute after this, but we made it and we're glad you're here and we'll see you soon. Bye.